uh, at dissecting round one and looking ahead to rounds two, three, and four. So Jason Sobel from the Action Network joins me now. Jason, I appreciate your time. I'm sure this is uh, as busy as it gets for you, but how you doing? Doing well, yeah. As busy a week as we get all year. Usually get it in April, now we get in November. So uh, it feels a little bit different, but it's still uh, the same Masters. So it's been a, a good day and uh, a long day so far. It feels like it's not over with the first round still going on. Yeah, still uh, not officially in the books here, and it's, it's after 10 p.m. here on the East Coast. But, uh, Jason, this is the two most common things that I've gotten when watching uh, most of round one here throughout the day. The course and how much differently it's playing, and then kind of part B to that, no crowd. Um, you know, no patrons, and Tiger talked about it, and a lot of other golfers talked about it. So if you just want to start with touching on those two things. Yeah, so the thing with no patrons, uh, yeah, it's very strange at Augusta National, although pretty much every player who came into the interview room at Augusta National uh, in the preceding days was asked about this, and they all sort of said the same thing. They said, you know, look, it's a shame we can't have fans. We understand why we can't have fans. Hopefully we can have fans next year. And, look, we're still going to play our hearts out because we understand that the fans are at home watching and rooting for us. And, oh, by the way, we've been playing for six months without fans as well. So it's not as if this is something completely new. And I feel like maybe it's a little bit of a different narrative just because this is the Masters and we're so used to hearing those roars around Augusta National. But these guys have sort of been there, done that by now without having fans. And uh, I keep calling it a hypothetical intangible there's really no way to quantify what not having fans means to specific players i mean a few of them Rory mcelroy justice thomas in particular have said you know they haven't been able to get up for events as much without having fans there that said this is the masters if you can't get up uh for this one without fans uh, that's a you problem not a they problem and uh, i think everyone's pretty uh pretty jazzed for this one everyone's uh, uh pretty enthused for it so uh, as far as the golf course you know, I, I think a lot of people are going to say, well, Augusta National in November just isn't as good. You know, it's not as fast and as firm as Augusta National in April. I would say, uh, you know, I put in the caveat that it's a wet November. It's not just November, but uh, it rains an awful lot this morning. That three-hour weather delay uh, poured for a time. Uh, and I was impressed that they were able to get them back out there and get in as much golf as they were today. So it, not just being in November with the course a little softer anyway, but uh, all of that rain made the golf course look sort of unlike Augusta National as we've ever seen it before with some really low scores on the board so far. DeChambeau has been the talk uh, for some obvious reasons here. What were your thoughts about his day and then Tiger's day and how do we bet those two individuals moving forward yeah so bryson i felt played about as badly as he could play an early double bogey on a par five and he called those par fives basically par fours for him so <laughs> right. maybe that's a triple bogey seven that he made um but he came back with five birdies in his last 13 holes and uh he's still two under i mean if if the worst you could really go out there and play still garners you a 70 in the opening round. That's not really a bad thing. So uh, Bryson's odds have basically doubled on the board start, plus 750s right around uh, 12, 14 to 1 right now. As far as Tiger, um, look, uh, he was very pleased.
Breeze. I'm not sure I've ever seen Tiger uh, that happy with his own performance after the first round of a major championship. The usual rhetoric is, man, I left a few out there. I, I could have shot a little bit better. This is the highest I could have possibly scored. Instead, Tiger came off the golf course and said, I drove it really well, hit my irons really well, I putted really well. I was pretty pleased with that, which uh, seems like a different kind of Tiger. This is a Tiger that we've seen. But then again, we've never seen him have a bogey-free round in the opening round at Augusta before uh, for everything he's done on this golf course. Uh, he's never gone bogey-free in the first round. So uh, Tiger's odds have obviously gone down. And now we look at two guys going in opposite directions, the uh, defending champion and the pre-tournament favorite, who are at least in the same neighborhood as far as odds right now. And, and you look at it and say, and kind of make the case for if you want to jump on either one, add them to your betting card. Uh, Bryson at double the price when he started with uh, five shots off the lead, but that's not that much. And like I said, probably played as poorly as he could and is still under par and still in contention. Or Tiger, a guy who, oh, by the way, is going after his sixth green jacket, which would tie Jack Nicholas for the most all time and has a little extra motivation to get after it and knows this golf course better than anybody else. So uh, maybe add them both to the betting card right now just because uh, – uh, they've both got some intriguing possibilities. Oh, yeah, that too. Just the sixth green jacket he's chasing. No big, yeah, deal. Yeah. no big deal. Yeah, whatever. Gold jacket, green jacket. Um, <laughs> Jason, what are the best bets now, prop bets, um, and, and everything else? There's so much on the wagering menu for the Masters. I love it. But I know the average better, a lot of new betters, could be maybe a little bit overwhelmed. Uh, so if you just want to talk about now after what we've seen so far in round one, what are some, some good bets here to make moving forward? So other than it being the most 2020 thing ever, <laughs> playing 22 minutes this morning and then having three hours of right. a weather delay and just wiping away our chances of spending the morning watching the Masters, they didn't finish the opening round, which we talked about. And so the worst thing about that is that it cuts down on all the profits. I mean, you know, a lot yeah. of things that would have been on the board going into round two aren't on the board because there are still, what, 42, 44 golfers still left on the course. So uh, it, it's a good question. I, I know I've seen they have an updated first-round leader odds with Paul Casey, who's at seven under in the clubhouse, at even money, and Justin Thomas, I believe I saw plus 165. He's at five under with about seven holes left to play. So if you think JT is going to make three more birdies down the stretch, it's a pretty nice play to go at plus 165 to take him for first-round leader. Of course, then we're looking at a 64, and he'd have to probably get in without having any blemishes on the card. So that's a tough ask, but uh, they will have perfect conditions coming back out in the morning. So uh, if anyone can do it, JT can do it. He was my favorite play coming into the week. I love his ball striking. should be tailor-made for this golf course. Who's your top two or three best bets now to, to win the whole thing? Uh, you know, you mentioned Justin Thomas. Um, you know, Tiger now, obviously everyone's betting with their heart when they took him, but now all of a sudden it doesn't seem that crazy of a bet. Dustin Johnson was someone who I had my eye on and who I made a bet on uh, to win the whole thing. So who do you have here? Yeah, so obviously when we're talking about betting, it's, yeah, it's a completely different story if we're saying, hey, which players do you like and who do you think is going to win based on the first round and yeah. who would you take in the uh, based on the odds? And so I'll admit that I haven't looked at all the odds 
uh, as they've updated throughout the day and, and what they are right now. But I mentioned uh, I've, I've got a, a big Justin Thomas ticket from pre-tournament. He was number one. I ranked the entire field before every major championship. And this week I did that and had Justin Thomas at number one. So uh, sitting on that ticket, and I won't uh, add any Justin Thomas that I believe uh, plus 500 right now. That's a little too low for me. Uh, guys that I would add, John Rahm's probably too low for me right now as well. But if you're just sitting there looking at, hey, I just want to pick somebody who's going to win, uh, I think John Rahm's got a great chance from where he is right now. But, again, those odds are pretty low. Justin Rose is very intriguing today. He's a guy that I played pre-tournament, didn't have him as high in my ranking as some other players, but I always think there's more win equity on a guy like Justin Rose, meaning that, hey, he might not have the same probability of being top 10 as another player who's got similar odds, but I think he has a higher probability of winning this golf tournament than a player of similar odds. And so I took Justin Rose pre-tournament. I believe he's at right about 40, 45 to 1 right now and still has a handful of holes left to play. Putted really well, and I don't know if that putting is sustainable based on the numbers and the analytics that we look at. I'd like to see some better ball striking out of Justin Rose, but uh, still playing really well, and he's a guy that I've thought for a long time can win this golf tournament. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Sobel, T-A-N, for the Action Network. Uh, golf writer brings unbelievable insight and content. Uh, I read your stuff frequently, Jason, so it is um, very cool to have you on the show here. I appreciate it. I know it's the Super Bowl for you, uh, and there's still much more to go. Um, Ricky Fowler, just one or two more for you before I let you go. A ton of people love Ricky Fowler. Some people not so much. You can view him now as a sleeper pick. What are your thoughts on Ricky? Yeah, you've got to remind me where Ricky is on the board right now because I'm, you know, my mind's a little scattered. And I don't have the uh, the board in front of me. Yeah, so he's he's three under of, right now. Okay, uh, you know, look, Ricky's a guy very much like Justin Rose, who I just mentioned, hasn't played his best golf, so you're getting him at a little bit of a bargain. So I don't necessarily mind those kind of plays. There are, there are a bunch of players coming into this one who just weren't playing near to their abilities. Tommy Fleetwood's another one. Henrik Stenson's another one. Mark Leishman. All these guys were world-class players, but for whatever reason, and for Ricky, the reason is he's been going through swing changes that just haven't stuck yet. So he's kind of uh, still working on things and still kind of finding his game. But um, I've I thought for a long time Ricky Fowler is going to win a major championship, and maybe it happens when we least expect it. And when we least expected, it would probably be this week because I heard absolutely nobody talking about him coming into this one. All right, last one for you before I let you go. Jordan Spieth, what yeah. exactly happened to him? He's tied for 72nd right now. He's two over, and I don't follow the game, obviously, as closely as you, but I just don't know what happened to the right. kid. He was the hottest thing since sliced bread a couple of years ago. Now it's like, oh, yeah. It's a great question. Uh, I thought that Jordan made – a big leap after the U.S. Open when he stood in front of some microphones and cameras and instead of giving us the rhetoric that he gave us for a year and a half, two years, which was, hey, I'm close, it feels really good, uh, I know I'm going to start winning soon, he basically stood there and said, I don't know. Uh, I'm kind of lost right now. Uh, I don't know how to find it. I'm working hard. I'm probably working too hard and I don't know why I can't find my game right now. And I thought, that was a great step in the right direction. He admitted it publicly. He probably got a big weight off of his shoulders because, hey, he's not trying to deflect 
what we all see with our own eyes that uh, it's not really working for him. So uh, that was a good step. That said, he's got a lot of other steps that he still needs to make in the right direction. I'm still bullish on Jordan Steve long-term. If he's a stock, I'm buying Jordan right now at an all-time low. I don't think it's ever getting up to the all-time high that it was three or four years ago, but I do think that at some point Jordan's going to find his game. He's going to be a much better player once again. Is he ever going to be number one in the world again? Is he ever going to win three more majors? I, that might be a tough ask. I, I'm just not sure that he can get to that point again. Um, I, I just think the way the game's moving in such a in such a direct, direction so quickly, the, the guys like Bryson and Rom and DJ and Brooks and Rory who hit it a mile off the tee have such a distinct advantage that Jordan basically needs to go hold those 20, 25, 30-footers for birdie all over the place, and it's just not happening. It's not sustainable, and what we're seeing now is sort of the other side of it when, hey, your ball striking is not great and you're not making all those putts that you used to make. Well, uh, that's tough to keep it all together and be a world-class player. So, again, I, I think it'll come around for him. It's not going to be this week. It's probably not going to be anytime soon. Maybe by the time the Masters rolls around in April, uh, maybe we see a few good results from him, and he's at least on the list of guys going into that one that can uh, compete for a title. Yeah, I think golf right now as a whole, Jason, is in a great spot. Like you have Tiger Woods, who here he is now at the t- near the top of the leaderboard in the Masters, and then you have a mix of all these great young guys who are – a draw. They're entertaining to watch. You have Kepka, you have DeChambeau, even Spieth and Rory McIlroy, and those guys aren't really young anymore, but they're still young for golf. So I think the sport as a whole, I guess is my point, is in a great spot, and I'm excited to see where the next three days and the rest of the year takes us. Uh, Jason, before yeah, I let you go, yeah, w- where can we find oh, you? No, go ahead. It, please it's add. In a, please. It's in a fantastic spot right now. I mean, Tiger is still uh, – still the guy that moves the needle. He's still the biggest name in the sport. He's still the guy that uh, would get on the front page uh, mm-hmm. if he wins as opposed to the other guys getting on the back page. But um, but you don't necessarily need Tiger anymore. If Tiger was to shoot 79 in the second round and miss the cut, the weekend is still going to be worth watching. You're still going to have a bunch of world-class players on the leaderboard. And uh, the great thing about it now is that we've got legitimately – 15 superstars in the game. And so if five of them show up on any given week at a major championship and play really good golf, uh, it's going to be a good leaderboard. You just have more options. Absolutely. Like, I feel like Tiger, Tiger's always talked about, but he was a little bit under the radar. Everything was DeChambeau and then how Brooks Kepka was answering mm-hmm. questions about him. And it's like, oh, yeah, that guy Tiger with the chasing the six jacket, he's lingering around too. And so is Phil. It's great. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is great. It's a good time to, to be in the game. It's a good time for fans to be watching the game. Hopefully fans can be out there uh, uh, watching tournaments pretty soon, but um, still pretty good watch on TV right now as it is. Yeah, so we'll, we'll take it after the crazy 2020 we've had. Uh, Jason, before you run, where can everyone find you? I know I've mentioned your Twitter account. I know you host uh, SiriusXM, Masters Radio, but uh, you know anything else you want to promote? Yeah, no, um, uh, that was great. Uh, Action Network, actionnetwork.com. Uh, check out the app. We, we do a lot of cool stuff on there, not just me, but uh, we've got a lot of great uh, great writers and, uh, and broadcasters from every sport analyzing everything that's going on. So if you're betting, if you're playing fantasy, you just want to become smarter about what you're watching on a daily basis, 
ActionNetwork.com will make you smarter about what you're doing. That's a fact. I'm on that app every day, early and often. Awesome. Jason, I appreciate your time, brother. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Yep. There he is. Jason Sobel, great insight, as knowledgeable as it gets, and from the betting perspective as well. I don't know who better I could have had on tonight. Um, So great stuff from Jason. I I tried to get in as many questions as I could. We usually don't have a guest uh, a couple minutes into the show, but hope you enjoyed it. Had some fun with Jason. And round one still not even over. We'll see what's going to happen here uh, trying to get the rest of the field through 18 and officially complete it. But got to take a break because on the other side, we got your nightly football fix with John McMullen.